Welcome to the Mindfulness Revolution podcast, episode three. This month's title is Summer Thoughts on Thoughts. Most of the time, we do not give much thought to our thoughts and the way they work. So this month, we will have a closer look at how thoughts and thinking influence our well-being. Our brains do an incredible job by sifting through and processing tons of information and stimuli. A lot of this happens subconsciously, without us even being aware. At other times, we are conscious of what happens in our brains and would call it thinking. Thoughts come and go, and sometimes even randomly pop up without any connection to a situation or the conversation we are currently in. We are used to this and assume this is the only way our mind works. Thoughts are important and serve us well in so far as we can explore something and analyze it. For example, we are able to make connections between two separate issues through our thoughts. This allows us to problem solve, look for patterns, as well as find new creative ways. Thinking is part of decision-making where we weigh up between the various options. All of this is, of course, important and part of our daily human lives. A different part of human life is that we are able to do one thing and think of something else. We are able to walk and have a conversation, make a cup of tea, pondering over something. As creatures of habit, we have internalized processes and use the power of our brain to be elsewhere whilst having such processes run through our minds and bodies. Mindfulness calls this autopilot as we are not really present and let our body navigate something based on habit. So we walk down the street and we walk there every day without even having to observe anything. Now here is the crux. As good as the autopilot may be in some instances, it is also detrimental if we get stuck in it. When was the last time you were fully present when going to the supermarket or to work? The autopilot takes us away from the present and intrusions are likely to startle us or might even be met with bewilderment. A nice example is a situation I encountered walking in the street. A young man approached me and said, can I join the conversation? I looked at him confused and only then realized that I was on the pavement. There were people and cars around and then there was me busily discussing something with myself. With mindfulness and a little bit of practice, we can realize when we drift off into autopilot or rumination. You can decide whether or not the moment is appropriate to let this happen, or if we rather want to enjoy a walk, to see the sun, to look at the flowers along the path, or watch dogs play. More importantly, to recognize this drifting off and being able to return to the present is invaluable in social situations and communication. We will be able to give the other person our attention, tune into what they say and respond accordingly. 
not on autopilot. It will deepen our connections with others. What is fascinating is that our thoughts are very potent in so far as our brain and body are not able to distinguish whether we think of something or whether we experience it. Your body reacts as if that image was real. It is easy to demonstrate. Sit back and take a long deep breath. Focus on the exhale and imagine you're standing in a jungle surrounded by lush green plants and bushes. Imagine a tiger bouncing at you. How did your body react to this thought? Did you feel physical sensations as a reaction to the image in your mind? Now again, take a moment to take a deep breath in and a slow exhale, releasing any tension. Again, a deep breath in and a long, slow exhale. I hope you're now again relaxed and can follow my podcast. What happens is that our brains release hormones into our bodies, regardless whether we imagine something or experience it. If we have negative or frightening thoughts, this will trigger our fight-flight response and release stress hormones into our bodies. They prepare us for muscular activity in form of fending off an enemy or running away. However, if we only imagine and think of frightening things, then it is unlikely that we will use muscular activity. Yet we still release these stress hormones into the body to activate the muscles. They tense, but there's no relief through muscular activity using up the hormones. So over time, this may cause a buildup and a permanently higher level of stress hormones in our bodies. Numerous medical studies show the negative impact of high levels of stress hormones on ourselves. I will not cite them here. But what is important is for us to know that the body is negatively affected and in time it will show disease. On another level, this also influences our emotions and we will be more reactive, grumpy or even aggressive towards ourselves and others. While some recommend meditation to reduce these high levels of stress hormones, it is best to combine meditation and physical activity. After all, those hormones are for the muscles to use. So let's use them up and slowly bring the body down to its base level. Moderate exercise of 30 minutes three times a week already does a lot to support our bodies in reducing stress hormones. If you now think, no, I'm not a gym person, then worry not. Exercise can be walks in the park, running if you wish to do so and it is safe for you, cycling, swimming. And for indoor people, yoga and pilates have also been found to reduce levels of stress hormones. Meditation and mindfulness can add to the physical side as they give our brains a break and switch brain waves from a waking state to a more relaxed one. More importantly, 
Meditation works on the amygdala, the center for fight, flight, and anxiety. It is one of the oldest parts in our brain. Through meditation, the amygdala becomes more balanced and the fight-flight response is less triggered. We will also be able to return to a calm state quicker by regularly practicing meditation. It works like a dimmer switch. We do need it, but not constantly fully on. So with meditation practice, the dimmer will be set to a lower level, and so we can remain in a calmer state of mind. Returning to thoughts, I hope you're familiar with the phrase working oneself into a state, or I worked myself into a state, meaning a state of upset. This means that we created an issue in our mind and let our thoughts run wild with it. Our body has released stress hormones based on those thoughts, and we are now flooded with physically activating hormones, as well as a lot of emotions. What happened? Something triggered our analytical mind and we started thinking. We bought into those thoughts and created more. After a few minutes, we are upset and show physical and emotional signs of stress or anxiety. Our heart rate has increased, as did our breathing. And all this for nothing. It is just in our heads, just us thinking and working ourselves up to be anxious. A proverb says 99% of harm is caused in your head by you and your thoughts. Through the practice of mindfulness and meditation, we will in time become more aware of our thoughts and when we are thinking. Having a daily practice, just five to ten minutes, will already result in gaining more insight into when and how we are thinking. We also learn to let go of thoughts during meditation as we focus on one particular thing. In doing so, we train ourselves to stay focused and learn to deal with distractions better. Overall, whilst meditation is good to improve concentration, I think being able to recognize when we start to ruminate and let our thoughts run is a great tool. We can unconsciously interact with the process of pondering something instead of being hijacked by those thoughts and emotions. Equally, we can decide not to engage with these thoughts as we now realize they might work ourselves into a state. And now we can also switch off the autopilot. It is a pretty empowering realization and skill to have. It takes some practice to get to this point, but already realizing what is happening inside us is a big step forward. What we often overlook when dealing with thinking and rumination is that our thoughts are filtered through our perception and are neither necessarily true or reality. They are seen through our personal filters made up from past experiences, education, moral, ethical values. As such, our thoughts are an internal running commentary on ourselves as well as the world as we perceive it not necessarily the world as it is. 
our assumption that thoughts are true and objective leads to many misunderstandings. Thoughts are just thoughts. They come and go. If we leave our minds to follow a habitual pattern and believe everything we think, we firm up automatic responses and are less likely to manage different responses. The thoughts come automatically and we are again thinking and ruminating in the same patterns as always. We are at the same time constructing a reality. When we think, we make connections between thoughts and perceptions. It is us who does this and draws conclusions. If we leave this process unchecked, we will end up with something that might or might not correspond with reality. Often enough, it does not. We assumed that all of our thoughts are facts and that all of our connections between those facts are correct. What happens easily enough in life is that something is different to how we thought it was. And so our card house of reality crashes. Being more mindful to our process of thinking and training our mind, we can become more aware of how we think and construct our world. We can then use some simple strategies to highlight that we are thinking and making these connections. And this in return helps us to stay grounded. An easy way to do this is to change language in saying, I think this is happening, or I have the thought that. We clearly label it as a thought. We leave the option open to it being different in the end. If you work a lot with text or word documents, you might visualize your pondering as a text and consciously add a footnote that says, careful, this is only based on all parameters being correct. Or the footnote might say, this is only correct if X, Y, and Z are. In other words, you go through your own construct and you check, is this really as such? Or is it based on my assumptions being correct? I call it a reality check. A further reality check may be chatting to a good friend. Sometimes we have issues that we need to ponder over or that really keep our minds busy. It is hard to shake them off. With those ruminations and internal debates, have a walk or a coffee with a really good friend. The type of friend that tells you you're wrong. Ask them to listen to it and to give you their honest opinion. It is amazing to hear back and especially helps you to stay grounded. I hope these considerations are interesting and they give you a little bit of insight into our mind and how thinking works. We will deepen some of those themes in other podcast episodes. But at the moment, I will leave you here to ponder this. And I encourage you to not believe everything you think.